everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast. I'm Kelsey, and I'm here with one of my oldest friends, Gabrielle. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. You're my first podcaster. I'm really excited. Gabrielle and I have known each other over 10 years now. We met in college. Uh, we both went to the same state college before going off to university. Got lucky in the same class, so I'm excited to have you. Yeah, this is so cool. You've been talking about this for literally so long. So I'm finally glad you took the step to start recording. And I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be the best episode you've ever recorded. But you're not biased at all. Because <laughs> this is your first one, <laughs> first official <laughs> one. But um, no, it's as, as Pepe would say, it's up or nothing. Yeah, I think you saw this idea basically come to life in 2020 when we were in the middle of lockdown and working remotely and obsessed with podcasting and creating a logo. And then I just sat on it for a couple years. So I'm glad to finally be doing it. Yeah. So Gabrielle and I have an interesting history together. We met in college, we interned together, we lived together, we worked together. We've been through a lot of like tell all for all these people that we've <laughs> we've tried to keep our professional relationship like, yeah, we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> this hey. is really the tell-all episode. <laughs> I think we did a great job. <laughs> I do too. I mean, I know we're biased, but I do think we did a good job of handling the professional curveballs. Yeah. So now we're not working together and yeah. we can just be friends again, which is exciting. Um, so maybe let's just start out a little bit, Gabrielle, the history of our friendship as you see it and kind of where you're at now. I'd love to talk about you moving to St. Pete over the last couple of years and what that's been like for you. Yeah. So, um, I still remember in community college, you were like one of the people that I, I saw and I was like, okay, she's about my age. Cause there was a lot of like people going back to school. And it wasn't very common, I don't think, for people our age to just go to community college first. At least, like, in this class, it didn't feel like it, there was a lot of people. So I was like, all right, I have one friend. It's got to work. And then it really just, it honestly did, obviously, work super well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a time flies, obviously, but it's been a lot of change over the last, well, there was, like, a lot of, a good period of not a lot of change, right? There was, like, our community college days. And then even though we went to separate schools, we were very much in touch because I think truly there was a point where we were very convinced we were going to like start a company. And like, we were like, well, we don't have to work for these, you know, at the time we're interning for all these people. Back, <laughs> for those listening, if you're younger than us, <laughs> you might be doing an internship that's paid. And um, if that's the case, congratulations. Yeah, this is my version of we walked in the snow both ways uphill, but we pay, we our parents paid money for us to intern yep. some of these times, but we really felt like we were going to go into business in some capacity. Who knows? Maybe we still will. But we were I see I felt like we were like college students, but kind of going on. I don't know, our thirties at that time, <laughs> like we were like 18, 19 going on 32, I think at the time. <laughs> that is actually very accurate. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that we like, we're trying to be boring or anything. I think we really truly wanted to make something. And at the time you were trying to go into um, magazine, you were trying to do the whole New York thing. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. So I was like, well, TV sounds great. <laughs> wanted to be on TV. We knew that. <laughs> yeah, so we did that directions. And even though we kind of went into separate areas, we kind of always grow together. And then obviously we started working together for a long time. 
And through the course of that time, we were in each other's weddings and we kind of juggled that personal and professional dynamic, which I think we did really well. And now you've moved on to new adventures and I am still navigating the current adventure. (laughs) I think you glossed over the being in each other's wedding part. We were each other's maid of honor. Yeah. We had weddings, how many months apart? Not very many, three months. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, let's just do it all together. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a crazy ride for sure. And then you and Tyler got married you went remote work maybe a year before the rest of the world joined you. I was ahead of the curve, but yeah, <laughs> I did. I moved temporarily somewhere where this was, I remember kind of bringing up the concept of me working remotely. And it was like very scary because nobody was doing that. And I was like, I think I could do it. We're in a digital, you know, or we're doing digital marketing. <laughs> I could do it digitally. And thankfully uh, I was able to do that. And now we're all remote at all times. Yeah. And now you're back in St. Pete. So I know that settling down in St. Pete was something that you guys kind of always wanted to happen. That's where your wedding was. What drew you to that area and what has kept you there now? Um, I think growing up, I grew up in Sarasota, as did you, like Venice area. And there is a lot of awesome things I think about that area. And I can see why my family and probably your family, for the same reason, settled down there. It was great to grow up in. It's a beach town. It was quiet. Um, But I think I always knew I wanted to do something or be in an area that there was a little bit more people my own age trying to figure out life. But I also was too intimidated to like go and do a New York thing. Like I think most girls would be like, I'm going to go live in the city. And I was like, well, I want to be in a city, but like not that far from my mom. (laughs) And so um, St. Pete at the time, I had no reference of it whatsoever. Um, and I remember talking to my parents about it because Tyler at the time was going to grad school and he selected school in St. Pete here. And they were like, St. Pete, like they acted like it was like the shadow lands from Lion King. They're like, you don't go past this area. This is like, that's the elephant graveyard basically. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But at the time, like their generation, St. Pete, there probably wasn't a whole lot going on. And It was a much different scene, but it's been rapidly changing. And I've been here for the last several years, just kind of riding the wave of all of the changes that have coming. And kind of what kept me here is all those changes. Like there's always something new happening, um, even despite the pandemic and all the closures that did happen. And a lot of businesses suffered through that and some of them didn't make it, but there were still new businesses opening like during lockdown. And it was really interesting to see how resilient business owners were being and how adaptable they were becoming. So that I think made me feel really connected to the community and it's easy to make friends here and like find things to do. So it's great for someone who wants a city like experience, but doesn't want to like lose the small town feeling at the same time. Yeah. Was your first experience with St. Pete, our girls trip? Was that? Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was my first that this is a great story because we had no clue where we were going. Like you could tell we didn't go out very much. It was very feeling. We were like, let's go on a girl's trip. And we did, we stayed at a hotel here. It was that Hilton down by the water and we didn't know, huh? Has a Starbucks in it. Yeah. And that's why you were like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. There's a Starbucks in it. (laughs) 
And I remember getting there and we're like, okay, well, let's go out. We're going to go out to dinner, get drinks. And I remember getting dressed in like a black dress with like big heels mm-hmm. and us walking out and being like, where are we? Because <laughs> Everything was cobblestone. People were so casual. I mean, we were probably giving people the wrong idea. Not that either one of us were like risque dressers, but we were so obviously out of place. But we just had no frame of reference of like how casual it was here. So it was a, I don't think, think we stayed out long because we were like, our our heels were falling in the cracks. It was a disaster. But yeah, I remember yeah. seeing one bar with good music, enjoying yeah. it for like an hour and then wanting to go back to the hotel and then yeah. going to the farmer's market. The next yeah. Day. Yep. That farmer's market still kicking. And <laughs> now I go there, but I, I wear sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> you learned a thing or two since you moved there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've, I have what they call street, street smarts or street cred now. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a blog. Yes. You my, my, um, passion project money hole like learning experience blog. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like you with the podcast idea. I wanted to make something and it might've been because you and I always wanted to make something at some point. We always had great ideas and we would even like go as far as like writing them down and drafting out concepts and stuff, but just never made sense to like do. And during the right before the pandemic when we moved back here which we literally moved back here i think like a month before lockdown never hearing about coronavirus or anything prior to that i was like well i'm finally here i'm in my 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 favorite little town i'm gonna go ahead and make a move on something that's been like a floating ambiguous idea for a long time and that was rooftop and I remember saying like, I wanted to create something because my job is great and it does what I need it to do, but it wasn't like a passionate project for me because I didn't have a lot of interest in the subject matter at the time. So I was like, okay, like, what do I like? Well, I like cocktails and I like restaurants and I like events. And so I was like, let me like start creating content about this. And I started with a blog itself, like a written blog. I overcommitted. I did a blog and then I was like, well, I'll have a YouTube and I'll have a Pinterest and I'll have, you know, like the big mistake. Everyone thinks that they can do it all at the same time, which you can't. So um, I started that and I've been kind of paring back and like kind of figuring out where is the best place for rooftop to kind of show up to people. But it's since kind of grown into just this really wonderful outlet for me to create content that hopefully serves a purpose in the community, but also just is a fun thing for me to do, like to express my creativity. Yeah. As long as it's fun, that's all that matters right now. Exactly. Right. Like it's not paying the bill. So it sure as heck got to be fun. (laughs) I'm not going to overcommit on this podcast for that same exact reason. One interview a month. That's the goal. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So good. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So having lived a lot of life together, what would you say have been some of the most fun memories that we've created? I have a few that immediately come to mind. (laughs) Um, Well, we had a lot of adventures with our work trips because (laughs) we would really, I think no matter what, you and I really, really strived to put 110% into anything that we were doing with work. And I think we were both like growing at the same time because 
you always wanted, you had big aspirations to be in the C-suite and like keep moving up. I always knew that I wanted, I liked being right behind you. Like I thought we really worked really well together. So it's not like a funny memory, but I just have a fond memory of how that dynamic worked really well. And I think we always had the the good of the team or the good of the um, the well-being of the company at the center because we couldn't stand the concept of not doing the best job possible that we had. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a fond memory. Also, like the internship, obviously, that rings the truest in my mind is our internship with Boca Mag. Um, <laughs> speaking of putting 110%, we tried so hard and we did so much for that magazine. Um, <laughs> and I think it was funny because we truly like we were living on the other coast together in a retirement community which we did not know we thought we're gonna have this cute little cute little apartment you know on the other coast it'll be great and then we get there and it was like you know a significantly older demographic there we weren't supposed to be there someone was subletting probably shouldn't have been remember sneaking derby in your dog we weren't supposed to have derby either so we're like covering her and like little hats and outfits and stuff trying to get him in the door. So that time was really, it was really fun. It was really like innocent and like, we just didn't know what we were doing. And we also had no, like truly no money. So a lot of times we would just stay in, not a lot of times, every weekend we stayed in on the weekend and just like binge watch some show and then like maybe tried to get lunch somewhere, somewhere, somehow, but you might be forgetting the one attempt we did make it going out and we literally could not stay out because we couldn't afford the drinks. Oh, the, um, the time with the tiger. Yes. <laughs> this sounds so crazy. It was an opening of a night club oh. and my mom's friend, sadly since passed away, I found out, but he was my mom's friend. They went to college together and I'm like a big, like I'm scared of everything. Right. So I was like, okay, well this guy is going to be there and my mom knows this guy. So, you know, we won't get taken or something. <laughs> and I remember him coming out. We had just turned 21. I didn't know what to order for a drink. So I just ordered mojitos. It's the only thing I knew. So we ordered mojitos and there was like, it was like a jungle themed. It was very, it was a really cool opening, but yeah, I remember like couldn't afford drinks, didn't know what Uber was at the time. So it was just like, I'm convinced that Uber was not mainstream at the time. I don't think it was because I remember us going like, how do you, how do people get around? And we might've taken a a taxi or something, but um, we had that. And then the other time we left the zip code, which is we were doing 110% trying to get you a job in Miami. Oh my gosh, stop. (laughs) And my car gets towed. I mean, just like, do you remember? that's, That's one of my favorite memories I would say, because it was so awful and we were so undeserving. I felt like of what happened to us. Do you remember that job paid like $28,000 a year and required you to live in Miami? Yeah. That and was I crazy. A test. I, for anyone who's like on their career journey, like <laughs> I just still can't believe that this job happened. Like they there, I found the same type of jobs in broadcast. Like you needed two jobs to just do the one job to support yourself. But yeah, they wanted you to live like kind of in the very hustle bustle area of Miami paid 20, what was it? $28,000 a year. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. And then you were doing the interview for so long and I was waiting around and I made parked somewhere. Of course (laughs) I didn't the part no toe or like the no parking zone sign come back cars towed. 
I have no, like, I'm, we are so inexperienced when it came to the city. Like, I was like, what do you, what do you do when your car's towed? <laughs> like, I have no idea. I remember calling my mom because, so before the interview, my mom had treated us to a really nice lunch. So we were yeah. like flying high from that experience. Well, we got this. Miami, yeah. like, here we come. <laughs> yep. And then I was in the interview for so long because I had to do an on the spot test, which that's a whole thing. And then I, I try to find you and you're at the bar across the street. And I was like, what? And you're like, just come over here. I'll tell you. And I walk across the street and you show me the paperwork from getting towed. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? We called my mom and she was like, go back to where you park, look for a sign. Yep. And was- I remember when we were looking there, we must've looked so like confused that a person driving by was like, if you, would you get your car towed? Like, here's who you need to call. And of course we go to this like sketchy place where they took my poor little car Yeah. and I had no money. Like literally there was no money in my checkings account to even pay for the ticket. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> being the savvy uh, career woman that we are. I remembered that I was like, I'll make you a, <laughs> I'll make you a promotional like marketing movie. This was before like UGC. Okay. Yeah. This was like just out of me being scrappy, trying to get my car back. I was like, I'll make you a promotional video of the tow truck company. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> there was some girl sitting on the steps trying to sell her iPhone, trying to get her car back. So. I, that. I was going to say, I remember somebody sitting on the steps looking worse than we did. And I remember thinking, how long has she been here trying to get her car back? <laughs> you want to buy my iPhone? What was it back then? Like four or something like that. And you know, I, I, thankfully our parents literally bailed us out, but, um, yeah, that, that was awful. Made for us to go to the internship where the people, the people who actually had jobs at the company were shocked to find out that we had relocated for an unpaid internship as if there was literally any other option and then bail us out of a disastrous Miami situation. Thank goodness for parents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, truly. And that's a really interesting example. Cause like you can go back and you can think to yourself, if I just work hard enough, you know, I'll get what I'm wanting. And that was a really big example of that's not true. Like you can absolutely work hard and sometimes things will always work out. Maybe if we had continued, I don't know, but I think there are some situations where you got to give yourself some, some grace and just be like, Hey, you know what? I did work really, really hard, but it just wasn't the opportunity that I needed at the time for whatever reason. And you know what? That door got slammed shut in my face. (laughs) It got slammed shut in our face. And we both went on to find great opportunities and careers since then. So yeah, lesson learned. (laughs) Don't go to Miami. What are your funny memories? I was specifically thinking of our time on the East coast. It was just so fun and disastrous at the same time and very classic early twenties of a story. Um, I also remember like one time you actually left, you very rarely left to go back. And I was like, if you have (laughs) listeners by this point, they're going to be like, this girl is unhinged. I remember like being so scared to be alone and lonely that you had left for one weekend, <laughs> really just a weekend that I was like, I think I need a hamster. I have to, <laughs> and I almost went and got like, I almost like asked my mom, like, can I have like $10 to go get a hamster? <laughs> <laughs> and 
And the one weekend I left, I remember it was monsooning, bad thunderstorms, and it was dark. And you that that condo was creepy enough as it is. And then you add terrible weather, and you can't go outside at all. And it just made for a, literally a perfect storm for you. Yeah, and this was like before TikTok, so you can't just scroll infinitely. It was like once you're out of content, like it's done. So yeah. I was at my wit's end, but you know, I'm a survivor. I <laughs> also I also remember we spontaneously, which is not something we did often. We were not overly spontaneous. We decided let's go back to the West coast and surprise. I think we were surprising my mom for some reason. Can't remember all of the context around it, but we're like, let's make a road trip out of it and go yeah. back. And <laughs> like 10 minutes into this drive, my car gets a flat tire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to call a tow truck. Yeah. To- which is ironic, but yeah. there was a very long wait time between calling the tow truck and them actually showing up through AAA. So we had broken down near a bar and we went oh, in, Yeah, we went yeah. in and it was just a crazy, weird experience. And we were only there for an hour, but I'm happy. Remember, yeah. You and I were just like sitting, literally minding our own business. And it was like, it was like a strip mall, like, mm-hmm. It was like daylight out. This was like a not a happening spot. And I remember there being an older guy there that like he was asking, you know, like what happened? And then he offered to like pay for a new tire. And obviously we were like stranger danger. And we were like, no, it's all right. And then he was like, oh, and I own this big company. And then like, we're like, okay. And we just like, you know, stopped talking to him or whatever. And then I think that ended up being true. He was like the owner of a big food distribution company or something like that. But (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we truly were just always trying to do the best thing we could, honestly. (laughs) Really were. And then when I lived in Tampa in college, I also have fond memories of us either meeting somewhere between where we both were going to college or you coming to my apartment. I I loved that apartment. I still love that apartment. And I feel like we had fun girls weekends there. We did because you were the first friend I had that kind of had their own apartment set up. And I was like, wow, this is so adult. And I was like, she's like Carrie Bradshaw. And we would, all we would do is we just like watch Sex in the City. We would make like little, little breakfast brunch things and chill. But I mean, it was, it was always nice. It was always like good quality time. And I feel like we would always get on the topic of like, thing again, things we can do. What can we make? Like, we think we could do this better than that person. Like whatever it was. And, you know, we were always scheming, I guess is a good way to put it always writing in journals, like collaborating on documents about the next big idea. Yes. I remember (laughs) you would buy us like journals to write in and like we'd meet at Starbucks to work just because, you know, that's what we wanted to do on a Saturday. Like people are interested at that beach and we're like, let's go to Starbucks and like, you know, really work on this new project. It was really funny. So now that you are approaching 30, all right, first of all, How do you feel about that? Your birthday is less than a week away. I feel very like kind of the stereotypical way you would think a a 29 year old person would feel. Um, I either feel like people are like, really don't think much of it or they think everything of it. And I definitely think everything of it. I think I saw this girl on TikTok because, you know, the algorithm just knows what you either need to see or want or don't want to see. You don't know. But like, she was really just talking about like how turning 30 is really like a, 
it's like one of those milestone birthdays. And I just feel like it's something that you kind of get a wake up call of like, Hey, I'm not where I want to be, or you are where you want to be. And that's great. But like, you know, I haven't, it's almost like your younger self is dying to a degree. And it's kind of like, Hey, a wake up call. Like if you don't, if you're not where you want to be with certain accomplishments, like to me, it feels like it's like, Oh my gosh, well it's now or never. And you, you could always feel that way, but 30 definitely is bringing on those types of emotions. So I'm just trying to like work through it. <laughs> uh, I definitely went through a tri-life crisis when I turned. Yeah, I saw it happen to you and I was, and you were like freaking out about turning 30 at like 25. Yes, correct. I was freaking out a crisis. I was freaking out about not being in my twenties when I turned 20. Like yeah. that started early and I don't know why, because 20s are not where it's at. I'm learning. I'm only a couple months ahead of you, but 30 so far. Um, obviously, there's some serious life stuff happening, but the mental clarity that you get in your 30s compared to your 20s already is just insanely better. Yeah. I mean, it's probably also because I feel like you turn like you're on the cusp of turning 30 and TikTok is like, do you need these brain supplements? Like, do you need this supplement? And I'm like, sure. You know, just like doing whatever, like faking whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I did see you kind of freak out for many years about it. So that kind of probably is what started it for me. Cause you are older than me. It's okay. I always knew I wasn't going to probably like have the same freak outs as you did, but it's definitely like, um, it's yeah, it's like a, it's a good che- self check-in and you're kind of like, Hey self, how you doing? Is your eye cream strong enough? <laughs> is, are you putting on your, um, your under eye patches in the morning? <laughs> Should you lay off the caffeine, but also kind of more serious things too, you know, like, where are you at with your career? Where are you not at with certain things? And, you know, it's a good chance to be like, okay, next chapter. I got this. (laughs) It is, it is your next chapter. It really is. And it's, it's almost like a clean slate to do things in this next decade that you don't have to spend the next decade trying to undo, which is where I'm at. It's very intentional living, which was not my twenties as you everybody just heard we were flying by the seat of our pants a lot of our early career and life in the real world but so going into your 30s friendship has been interesting for me I want to hear from you as well what it's been like trying to make friends in your late 20s going into your 30s and college is just forced into a small area they're forced to cohabitate and learn together and make friends that way. But obviously it doesn't work like that when you're after you graduate. Yeah. I think, um, school is really easy to make friends. You, despite, you know, how you might feel in the moment, but you're right. You have those very common shared experiences. And after you're out of school and after the first couple of years kind of go by, people are on their own paths and you stop having those shared experiences all at the same time. Um, which I think can make it really difficult to meet people. And you really need to kind of analyze with yourself, which this is something I had to do. Like, do you want a lot of friends? Do you, do you, there's no wrong answer, but like, do you want a lot of close friends? Do you want a lot of just more like social friends and have a few close friends? Like there's all these ways to go about things that I think when you're in school, you don't have the freedom to really, or the even like mindset to think about. Um, so coming out of school, I hear this all the time from girls, like it's so hard to make friends and it is because now more than ever, we're working at home and 
maybe you want to keep your professional and your social um, life separate. So it's really difficult. And I think that's something that we can all at least accept together because I do feel people feel awkward saying that, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to make friends because it kind of almost makes you feel like, am I the problem? You know, am I the drama? <laughs> and maybe sometimes you are, but mostly I do believe that it's just difficult because you're not, people aren't open, you know, like there's no first day of school. There's no shared like experience that makes you all kind of on the same playing field. And so that's been a really big struggle, I think, in my life and me kind of understanding how I want my social life to look like. And being married is, you know, something to take into account, because if you're working and you have and you're married, like and you're trying to work on a blog or fitness or whatever, like your time just goes away and it's hard to dedicate the social time. So it's been um, I think that's been a very informative thing that I've been thinking about for the last couple of years and kind of have a more. Like, I think I'm on the same page with myself with where I'm at on social, <laughs> social things. And that's one of the things I started with Rooftop. Like, because I like saw a need, I was like, let me fill the need. That's like a reference to like this old robots movie. I don't know if you ever, did you ever see robots when you were little? No. No, it's like the Pixar movie. Anyways, he, the little guy goes, see a need, fill a need. He's a little inventor. Uh-huh. And I always think about that, but. I started creating like a brunch that I'm trying to do every so often and just have girls who are either new to the area or want friends come and truly just have brunch together. Like it's not a networking thing. There's no like business cards. It's really just like, let's go get brunch. And it's been really successful because I think there's so much of a need for that. Yeah. I also think something that's been interesting in the adult world is that you, at least for me, I was exposed to a lot of female friendships that span decades in movies, books, and they grow up together and then they're friends for the rest of their lives or there's four really close And that has not been my experience at all, which does lead to the feelings of, am I doing something wrong? Am I not making the right friends? How do I, first of all, is it too late to meet people to have those types of relationships with? And I think it just comes down to what you said, which is, your time can only go to so many places and a friendship can be as much work as a romantic relationship. And then when you add multiple friends on top of that, it can become yeah. a thing. So I don't have any specific tips on how to make friends because I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but similar to what you're saying, like going out into my community, I live in Lakewood Ranch. I love it. It's a fake town. It's beautiful. Um, there's few people my age, but I tend to have friendships with people that are older than me. So it works. Um, but just putting yourself out there and having conversations with people as you meet them. Totally. And I feel like you said something super interesting. You said that you were introduced to these lifelong friendships on like, like Gilmore girls or like sisterhood of the traveling pants and like all these right around that same time. Right. Yep. They all came out and they were like, best friends forever. And like, that's amazing. And that does happen. And like, I have like you in my life, it was been like, it seems like forever. And like a few other people that are so like part of my life because it's been so long, but like, it's very unrealistic to expect that that's going to be normal. And I think that was on our age group specifically. Now that you say that, that was like painted very wrong. (laughs) Well, in this concept of like on a random Tuesday or Wednesday, you're going to always have people over to your house for dinner, or you're going to be able to go get coffee in the morning, like that kind of stuff. At least for me in my day to day, 
is not how it works. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like it's it just, it is, you can't do, you can't be good at everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just, especially for us when we were just starting out in our careers and still kind of in the hustle phase, like something has to come first and second. And I think like we had to, obviously we're not working together in the capacity that we were, but we had to like understand like as we got married, like that relationship changes and physically we, you know, you move around. And I think just having like an honest conversation with another person about like where you're at and like, you know, that's what we did. Like, you know, how are we going to re reassess this relationship that had grown and morphed through all these years? Like it was almost like it would have been unfair to ourselves if we didn't have that conversation. So I'm so glad that you did. I totally agree. Like I said, a friendship can be as much work as a romantic relationship and it, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So I'm glad that we had that conversation too, because I love your friendship and want you in my life for a long time. Me too. I think you were doing a lot of, and you have been doing a lot of investing in yourself. And I think you bringing up that conversation really was a testament to the value that you put on our friendship one and two, like, that you were like, hey, I need, I need this. And I want to be outspoken with what it is I need in this relationship. And I think it really was great. And I've been really happy that we've had that conversation. And then also kind of like, it was part of that formative, like I said, learning experience for myself with how to approach friendships because so growing up, you know, it was always just like, you try to get a friend. And there was never a conversation that I ever had with my parents growing up about how friendships are, can be seasonal and that you're not expected to have a, a person in your life at all times for every season in your life. And I think that's an interesting concept because it can kind of be sad when you think about it. Um, and it's kind of almost, it's very natural, I think. And, you know, maybe some people like do have every person that they've ever had been close with still in their lives. Like, I think that's incredibly impressive, but, I think it was something I had to kind of understand for myself that took me literally like 20, you know, 26 years to figure out, Hey, like I need to fill people around me that fill the voids that I have, like that I, you know, I want this type of friendship. It's, it's, you know, like picking a bouquet of flowers, you know, you can have them all roses. Great. You can have them of all crazy things. There can be like, you know, a eucalyptus leaf and a crazy one and like whatever, <laughs> But um, I don't know, I, I think that was an interesting thing I had to go through for myself. And um, I'm just really glad that we're still able to impact each other's lives in the way that we have been. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up seasonal friendship. This is something that for me, the jury is still out on. I It's not, like I said, I was exposed to media that was lifelong core friendships. So right. I have a hard time wrapping my head around seasonality as it relates to friendship. So that being said, I recently saw something on Instagram that said, you haven't met everybody who's going to love you yet. And I was oh, like, that's a different way to look at it. It's not necessarily yeah. your friendship is ending and that season is over, but maybe there's a season that hasn't come up yet with somebody new. And when yeah. I reframed it in my head like that, that was more comforting <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but the seasonality of things, I think, is going to be really interesting and probably for both of us really expose itself to us in our 30s. I just feel like your 20s. Getting are a prediction. Like, what? You're getting a prediction. This is your crystal ball. 
Yeah, I'm channeling the universe and I'm seeing that our 30s are going to be really instrumental in building our friend groups. I, I'm just in general, not necessarily just for me or just for you, just in general. I feel like 30s are going to really, really solidify what that looks like for a lot of people. Yeah, because you're getting at this age, like especially as like women, you're like, you start to separate from the people that have families or or you get closer with people that have families and you kind of become part of their family to a degree. And like, that's a whole scary thing of it in and of itself that I haven't quite figured out how I fit into all of that. But like, you're right. I totally agree. Cause I feel like there's still a lot of change happening with us and like where we're focusing our time. So it only makes sense that they would continue to fluctuate. So more changes on the way. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> you just brought up a really big dynamic. I think that impacts all of this. And that's if you have kids or not, every mom that I know has said that their friendship grew from having other kids that played with their kids, which is awesome. And if you're, if you're still figuring out what you want to do there, or it's not going to happen for you until later in life or whatever, it's not, it's off the normal trajectory of when you have kids or if you have kids, I think you're right. That definitely will complicate things and push you in one direction or another. But I personally have a lot of friends that have kids and I love them because I love children I just don't yeah. want to make my own. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that is a role that you fill so well. And that is a needed role in any friendship or any society. So I don't think anything is like right or wrong about any of that. It's truly just a personal, just as much as it is with who you date, right? It's just as much of a personal preference. Mm -hmm, for sure. So last thing that really I want to talk about, because we unfortunately are going through this season of life together and you're my only friend that is experiencing a similar loss, but I obviously lost my dad in March and you lost your grandfather shortly before I lost my dad. They had very similar scary scenarios surrounding their death. And we've both really been trying to learn how to move through grief. And this is something that is hard to talk about and I found that when you do, it actually brings a lot of relief because there's more people going through it than you realize. So yeah. what has that looked like for you? And what have you been doing to move through this part of your experience? Um, I think just letting yourself process however way you feel you should. I mean, at this age, thank goodness, we've been very fortunate to not experience this in our immediate families up until this point. And before then, like just the idea, I remember when COVID started, you and I, you had said like, Oh my gosh, my dad. And my, and I was like, my grandparents, like, you know, it was like, we couldn't even think about the think about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, the fact that it happened. So not only so closely, but also like the circumstances, like you said, were very similar that it made it, awful for me. Cause I knew so intimately how it was going for you and you and I both, it wasn't like we just experienced like a sudden loss, like car accident or something like that. It was like, you and I both were in both situations. We were in the ER very consistently, very involved, which was very traumatizing. Um, and I don't like use that word lightly. I, I truly mean that in that every sense of the word. Um, so I think like working through the fact that not only was I like going through grief, but also like this trauma that I just went through. And then also like just the stress that comes from being, I would say like the oldest, 
because I'm like the oldest of my sisters and you're not the oldest, but like, you're very much close to your parents mm-hmm. and you're very much like the coordinator, right. Of the family. And I think carrying that stress of like, is mom okay? Is dad okay? Are my sisters okay? Or like, you know, that is, that's a new stress too. Mm-hmm. So I think acknowledging each of these different feelings and what they bring to the table. And like, you know, our partners thankfully have been very understanding. And like, you know, the other day I saw like a razor you know, on the counter and it reminded me of like the last time they shaved him in the hospital. And I like, just, it was like the, it was, I was like, it was all over again, you know? Right. And so that's really, really tough, but this is, sounds really cliche, but I know that both your dad and my grandfather were very similar in that they raised really strong daughters and granddaughters. They both were so similar in the fact that they wanted us to be independent. They wanted us to earn money, good money. They expected a lot of us and they, I think they knew how much we respected them because we respected them. Like I could tell you respected your dad very much. Mm-hmm. And you know, I respected your dad. I met him and hung out with him several times and I very much respected my grandfather. So I'm just trying to grapple with like, how do I pay the respect to him? And I think my grandfather would want me to be sad for a while because he's like, hey, I, you know, I mean, what do I mean to you? (laughs) Like, I don't like picture him saying that, but it would be a disappointment to him. I think if I didn't keep doing the things that he was interested in and proud of me for, and I truly haven't accomplished that. And that's some of the, something I'm grappling with, like right now turning 30. Cause like this all happened. And I was, it was right after the, you know, the beginning of the new year. And I was like, this is going to be, this is it. And I'm, I'm 29. This is, I'm going to be on an upward trajectory, whatever. Queen of St. Pete. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then all this hit so suddenly and so awfully that it's been an ex- it's been a, a valid excuse as to why I'm not doing the things I know I want to do. And I know the things that I would call him to update him on. Cause I would try, I'd call so regularly. And like, you probably are the same way. Like you want to give your dad or your grandfather a good report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what I'm up to. This is the progress I'm making. And Achievers are coming out now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so I think that like, because I had, I went through this, it was such an easy crutch to just be like, I'm, I'm depressed. Like, I don't want to do this. And it's truly, I don't want to, and that's valid. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that wasn't valid, but right now where I'm at is I'm trying to find that breakthrough of, I need to do it for him. Like rooftop was something he was so invested in and so excited about, he kept telling me like how I should like monetize it and how I, you know, whatever. And I don't want to let him down. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So I understand that feeling of going into 2023, like, oh my goodness, this is going to be the best year ever. I was riding a high. I turned 30 in November, 2023 happened. I was like, 30 is going to be it. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be the best version of myself. And then January to March completely crushed me. And my dad, in one of his songs, the lyric says, they say the pride comes before the fall. I'm not sure if that's true. And that is exactly how it felt. Like all of the pride, turning 30, feeling good about it, having worked on myself throughout 29, 
had a week-long party to celebrate in Mexico and then back at home with friends and family and then just massive fall right into 2023. So yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from. And I do think there are insane similarities between our relationships, you with Pepe and me with my dad and in their own individual personalities. And for both of us, making them proud was something that was really important. So you're doing that through Rooftop. I'm trying to have this creative passion project with my podcast, which I've dedicated to him and I'm using his music for the intro and outro of. And I have been reading a lot about grief and the seventh stage that one of the experts has put out there is finding meaning. And it's not necessarily finding meaning of their death or of their life, but now what does this mean to you? What does your relationship with them mean now? Because grief is love and the relationship isn't over now yeah. just something different. So I love that you're doing that. And that's how you're thinking about it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just so, it's just really, truly is so strange because through all of the years that we've been having this friendship and accomplishing and trying things and failing at things and whatever, they both about like Pepe and your dad were like the biggest fans, like, like <laughs> by far, like they would read every update. They would yep. like our little blog was on like his iPad on his home screen. Like he was our biggest fans, like truly, 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 truly. I know your dad was too. And so it's weird that they both left this earth around the same time. And we're both just trying to make sense of it all. But I'm just, I, I have this like audible voice in my, like my head that on the rare chances, I really like impressed him. And it, listen, people might be listening to this and be like, this girl needs therapy. Like she's trying <laughs> to one, but like truly like I was, I always wanted to impress him. He was like, we both lost the patriarchs of our, of our family. And so on the rare occasion that, you know, he got really, really excited about something or whatever, he would say, you got it, girl, you're, you go girl. And I can't even say it the same way he did. And I'm, I'm really honestly terrified that I'm going to lose that memory of Hib's voice saying that. But when I, I've been really just like steadily trying to make progress and having grace with myself and set realistic goals. Like you said, one podcast a month, like one interview a month, like something realistic so that I can build that relationship with myself of being able to follow through. And then also just like physically, and you can relate on this on a huge level, like taking care of myself. And I really am back into yoga very heavily now. And there's two like amazing studios that I've been able to go through um, and go to through this journey a little bit. And at the end of every practice, no matter if I'm here or traveling, taking a class, like at the end, you're in this state of rest and my mind always goes to him. And it sometimes it's sad and sometimes I'm crying on my mat. And sometimes I'm just like having a happy memory or whatever it is. But I would say like, if you're going through something similar, finding an outlet that allows you to like physically express something and then like reflect is really transformative in a way. So I don't know, I don't wanna sound like, you know, your cliche millennial, but I'm like, yeah, some yoga helped and you know, my blog. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's been really, really tough, but I don't know if you have someone in your life that you are that you love them that much, like truly like pick up the phone after listening this and like, just call, just say, Hey, Hey, yep. what's up? I always did that. You always did that. And I'm really happy. I always did that. I always called and 
obviously one day you can't, but yeah. Now I'm just sad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry not to bring down the whole podcast here, but I do think it's important. And I find that we had kind of our, let's call it friendship breakthrough, not too long before all of this went down with both of them and the universe works in mysterious ways. But I think that was critical for us to have that conversation. When yeah, we that's a really good point. Because this experience is something that you and I are experiencing at the exact same time at the same age. And no one really around us in our peer group is experiencing something similar right now. So I'm glad that we are where we are and we're getting through it together. And obviously we had two really great people to make proud of us that we will continue to try and make proud of us. Um, just to plug another podcast, Mel Robbins did a coaching session on her podcast last week and it was with a girl in her forties. I'm sure Mel Robbins needs the plug. <laughs> <laughs> she did an interview or she did a coaching session with a girl in her forties who was just unhappy with her life, not where she thought she'd be, wasn't married, didn't, wasn't happy with her health. And she remembers a time, the last time she felt good was in her late twenties. And Mel Robbins says, well, what changed? And she says, my dad died. She didn't realize it at the time that she was so unhappy with where she's at now because she wasn't living a life that would have made him proud. It took this session for her to figure that out. So I think it's really beautiful that we both have that at the forefront right now. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. Imagine having that realization on a podcast. That's, that's pretty crazy. It was intense. And there was nothing in the show notes that talked about what the coaching session was going to be about, or that it was going to talk about parental loss. So I'm listening to it and I'm, you know, enjoying the conversation between the two of them. And then suddenly she drops that and I'm just like losing it in my kitchen. <laughs> Yeah. There's something like kind of going back to like the yoga experience, like at in certain classes, they'll like, we'll start and end with like a unifying ohm noise. Right. And whether you believe that there is a spiritual aspect to that or not, I always thought that was such a really nice way to start an end class because you're with seemingly strangers and you're all doing weird things on your mat, you know, like falling over, doing whatever. But like there is something at the end of the day that like it was a shared experience and you had this like opening closing together and like grief in the same way when you talk about it is a very sadly it is a unifying experience or can be a unifying experience so i hope by you continuing to talk about how you're going through this you're going to inspire other people whatever their age is and wherever they are in life to be like okay like i've grieving but like I can maybe hopefully like look at this a little differently or just have some perspective I think that's so you're always so good at that you're always listening to other podcasts and reading books and um anyways I have to commend you for that because I think now you're adding to the conversation and you're leaning in oh thanks thank you all right well we're going to come to a close here and I prepared something that I did not prepare you for because that's the point of rapid fire so I'm oh, gonna God. okay <laughs> I'm going to ask you, it's just five quick questions, all coffee centric. We didn't talk about coffee because we're re recording this in the evening. Um, oh. I did have, I did have decaf coffee in this mug that you got me. Ah, yes. It's such a great mug. <laughs> um, so rapid fire questions, hot or iced coffee? Iced. Why? Well, because it's always better. It's always better. Like in the afternoon. I like, don't get me wrong. I have like a, a fascination with holding a warm cup in my hand. Like 
it's like very just like what I pat like it's very like devil wears Prada right she's always got her coffee cup or whatever but I mean the reality is we live in Florida it's pretty hot so I'll, I'll do iced if I have to pick one I'm impressed that that was the first time devil wears Prada came up this entire podcast redo it redo <laughs> it I want to redo we have seen that movie so many times <laughs> it is the most underrated movie of our generation completely agree <laughs> Um, okay. So go to coffee order currently. Um, if I'm at Starbucks, I really like the blonde roast. It's less acidic says my 30 year old self. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'll either get like a blonde Americano with like a splash of like milk. And yes, I drink cow's milk. I might be one of the few people keeping them in business these days, but, um, that, or if I, you know, I'm feeling like I'm want something more sweet. Um, the caramel macchiatos are really good at Starbucks too. Yes. Those are my mom's favorite. So favorite local coffee spot. Oh God, this is hard. No pressure. And you're required to write about them on rooftop after this. I think so. (laughs) Um, and you have a lot, you have a lot there. I don't have, there are a lot and they all serve such individual purposes. I would say for co I'll give you two. Okay. Okay. One for co-working, um, you remember Station House, and that was like one of our first places that we went together when we were here. Um, they have a coffee shop called Bad Mother, and so that's super convenient because it's a coffee shop in an actual co-working space, um, and the coffee's great and whatever. So love the vibe. So Station House, Bad Mother is one. And then I'd say my other one is Paradeco, and that one is down towards Beach Drive, but this not only is the vibe like immaculate, but, and the coffee's good, but like the story behind it is really great. It's like a um, young husband and wife moved here. She's in interior design, like, or at least she did the interior design. And they are just like power couple <laughs> running this coffee shop. And I'm just, and they're everywhere is obviously dog friendly. So that's always good. So I don't know. They're, I just, I think they're so cool and so cute. So. <laughs> Those are my two answers. <laughs> okay. And then you already answered milk or milk alternative. So since you said cow's milk, what kind? Whole milk, 2%, skim milk. <laughs> Mostly skim milk because I'm trying to, you know, track my calories, but I'll do a splash of whole milk sometimes. And actually that reminds me of my grandparents because my mom always had like, um, not even skim milk. It was soy milk. That's what I grew up with. How weird is that? I... I either grew up with 2% or 1%, which is strange because I prefer skim milk. And my mom's coffee order is a caramel macchiato with whole milk. So I don't know what changed. I don't know. I don't it, know what changed. Yeah, I don't know. I was all over the place too, because I did keto a long time ago and I was big into heavy whipping cream. So I had a weird phase with that too. So I don't know. I liked oat milk for a, a, for a little while. And then I was like, I don't know, it's just too oaty. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, it's too nutty. <laughs> so, uh, okay. And then the most polarizing of the rapid fire questions, Starbucks or Duncan? Oh, definitely Starbucks. I actually want a reliable drink. Hello. And oh. I can bash Duncan all day because my sister actually used to work there. <laughs> and I know for a matter of fact, they don't train their employees because she was one of their employees. So <laughs> Oh man, you're reminding me of your Cracker Barrel stories. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't all start here. We some. <laughs> I did work famously at Cracker Barrel for one shift and did not return. Infamously. Uh, infamously. Yes. <laughs> but Starbucks is the right answer there. 
yeah, I don't know, Duncan, they keep you on your toes. That's for sure. Yeah. So for me, it's Duncan. If I want just plain black coffee, but if it's literally anything else, which it always is anything else. it's Yeah. Yeah, I, because it's just like, you know what you're going to get. And that's the beauty of, you know, a chain, right. But yeah, Duncan, unless it's Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) But Dunkin' Donuts is a cult following. My sisters love Duncan and like something about it. I don't know if it's just like, what they're putting in the coffee or the fact that they like love the fact that every time they order the same drink, it tastes different. I don't know, but America, runs on Duncan. Huh? America runs on Duncan. I feel like America gets the runs on Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please don't end on that note. <laughs> that was my last question for you. Oh, no. uh, well, yeah, thank well, you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for supporting my crazy ideas, literally always, and entertaining your crazy ideas. This always made sense. You should always have this in your life moving forward. I think it's going to bring you much more qualified, interesting guests than me, but I hopefully, you know, I warmed you up a little bit to ask, you know, the good questions for all the good guests moving forward. Amazing. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for your friendship. I love you too. And thank you for your friendship. I feel like we should cheers with a coffee cup. With a little bit of love